This is Ryan Stegman, and you're listening to Superior Spider Talk. Welcome to the Superior Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdin, and I'm the editor of GrindMyReels.com. And I'm Mark Chinacchio, the editor of the Chasing Amazing blog. Thanks for joining us for the 19th episode of Superior Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Yes, and for episode 19, we'll be sharing some of the creator interviews I collected at New York Comic Con. I talked to so many people who worked on Spider-Man, we decided to group the interviews thematically and release them as three separate jumbo podcasts. So this one is the Superior Spider-Art Edition, meaning that these are all interviews from creators who are currently working on Superior Spider-Man and all the connected B titles and miniseries. So that includes Ryan Stegman, current penciler on Superior, Edgar Delgado, colorist extraordinaire, Michael Thialinas, who penciled the Superior Spider-Man Arms of the Octopus special, and Steven Segova, who uh, provided pencils on the Superior Carnage miniseries. And just after New York Comic Con, we actually spoke with uh, John Livesay, who is the inker on Superior, and we've included him as well. Um, and just kind of as a, a programming note here, if you notice that any of these interviews, the audio is a little sketchy, I pop the acoustics inside Artist Alley at New York Comic Con, the Jacob Javits Center, was a little rough. Um, and unfortunately, one interview I recorded with um, Umberto Ramos, it wasn't really up to our usual standards. So instead, I transcribed the interview, and uh, Dan inserts the link right now. You can find it on Chasing Amazing with the original cut of audio, just in case you want to try and hear for yourself what Umberto was saying. Yeah, and if you want to skip to a specific section or a specific artist, you can always use the chapter selection arrows on your player. And if you hear this sound... Please check your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. And right now, if you look at the bottom of the screen on your iOS player, you'll see a link to the Humberto Ramos interview that we did that unfortunately is not going to be a part of this podcast, as Mark just said. Of course, you can find all of our Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.podomatic.com or find us on iTunes by searching for Superior Spider Talk. And if you do... Please leave us a rating and comment and let us know how we're doing, and we'll read it on the air. And now, on with the interviews. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Iceman and Firestar. This is uh, Mark Ginocchio from Superior Spider Talk here in Artist Alley in New York Comic Con, and I am with Superior Spider artist Ryan Stegman. Ryan is is gladly talking to us while uh, multitasking, doing a couple other things here. So uh, this should be this should be a pretty wild ride here. Hello, hello, that's Ryan. Uh, Ryan, I, I guess the, the first big question I wanted to ask you was, you know, th- this this past year. Uh, 
terms of working on Superior Spider-Man, this title that has kind of, you know, really been not just controversial, but just, you know, a, ma a major deal all around. What, what has that meant for you, I mean, to, to really develop your style working on a title like that? Well, it's like a kind of, you know, a dream come true type job that uh, was... I could have never prepared myself for the response or the amount of uh, eyes that were going to be on it. So I've kind of just like lived in my little bubble, and then when I come to conventions like this, I realize that how much people, how many people are reading it. So you know, generally at home, I don't think too much about it. But today, it's definitely been overwhelming. And so, <laughs> I mean, in a good way. Yeah. I'm gonna say, I mean, just 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 to uh, clarify, I've, I've been I've been bugging Ryan all day around the clock because there's been a, a constant line around his table here. Um, he, he, you know, obviously Superior Spider-Man is kind of where it's at. I'm just very curious to see what the, what the crowd is like on Sunday at the at the panel. Um, Ryan, in, in terms of your artistic influences, um, you know, who, where do you draw inspiration from? First, in terms of Spider-Man, and then you know, just a general comic book universe. Well, it's actually they're kind of both the same answer, which is uh, my obsession with comic books all started with Tom McFarlane. And uh, since then, I've had, I have all kinds of you know other influences, but uh, he was the one that started it all with, and it was Spider-Man that started it all. Basically, just yeah, I mean, was it uh, the the, the uh, adjectiveless Spider-Man or, or yeah, 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 yeah. okay, yeah. Oh, it was right. My I was about uh, I don't know. It was right at the right age for me. So yeah, no, I, I, we must be in the same age bracket because that was pretty much actually ASM 300 was like the the, the uh, pop culture moment for me and the, the first Venom and McFarlane was obviously where that was all at. Um, you know, when we talk about a different Spider-Man artist on Superior, um, you know. Some, some of the people who I guess maybe look too closely at these books have picked up on the fact that they find that your um, illustration of um, Peter as Doc Ock is probably the most nuanced. You, you seem to put a lot of detail in the body language uh, when, when he's as Peter. Could you talk a little bit about that? Like, what, what's your mindset when you're, when you're drawing Peter as Doc Ock? Well, it's funny when you say nuanced because I feel like that means like it's in a subtle way. But really, I'm doing the most over-the-top thing possible, which is I, I just make every pose extreme because I think of Doc Ock as like this bomb ass, that, like he's a show-off, you know. <laughs> He's kind of he's an egotist, so my whole goal is to just make him showing off in every panel that he appears, in, and that's kind of that's kind of the impetus for the way that I approach it, which is just you know extreme. Um, now you've, you've obviously done a lot of different characters since you since you started doing Spider-Man. Uh, obviously, Miguel O'Hara has been a big deal since you came out. Are there some characters from the Spider-Man universe that you haven't had a, a chance to uh, tackle yet that you'd, you'd like to? Um, well, I mean, like I'm. I'm I've always been a fan of Thor. Um, I, would, I would have said Fantastic Four, because I've done that. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I, maybe somebody had like more of that. And uh, I also like Wolverine a lot, you know, just because, again, same same time when he was blowing up, it was the perfect age for me. Uh, and I've always kind of drawn him. So uh, those guys, and, you know, many more, but those are the ones that off the top. I mean, Spider-Man was the, you know, was there anyone from his rogues gallery you'd like to do? Uh, Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah. Lots of Green Goblin stuff uh, excites me. Um, I really love 
drawing him, and I got to draw him a little bit in, in 17 and 18. Um, but not, not enough for me to be completely satisfied. And, you know, I'd like to do more of that in the future. Could you, could you uh, I guess, quickly, if this could be potentially answered quickly, talk about what it's like to work with Dan Slott? Because, I mean, it just seems like he is kind of the, the, the mad genius behind the, the curtain, so to speak. I think, uh, I forgot who it was who was saying yesterday, uh, someone who worked on Superior was like, well, you know, it always comes down to a Dan we trust. And, and just what, what, is, what is that working relationship like? Um, well, Dan's a, a crazy person. Like a crazy, creative genius, I think. And, you know, with that comes frantic phone calls where he's had an idea uh, that's, you know, and they're always great ideas, and he just, like, calls you and he just starts machine-gunning you with these ideas, and you're like, yes, yes, Dan, do it! Yes, you know? And uh, I think that he's, I mean, he's he's one of the best. Before I started working on this book, I was a huge fan of the things that he did, because he does the type of comics that I like. So we hit it off right away. I mean, we did that, and I'm like, it's just 665 of Amazing Spider-Man, and that's what actually led to me getting the Superior Spider-Man, or, well, the Scarlet Spider job, which then led to the Superior Spider-Man. But the whole time, that very first issue, Dan and I had started to conspire to work together, because we were like, this, this works, I mean, you and me together, this works, you know? Well, before we let you go, I guess, yeah, we, we, when we talk to creators, we always want to know from them, you know, what, what is it meant to have work, be a Spider-Man artist? You know, what, what does that meant for you in terms of your connection to the character and, and all that stuff? Uh, I mean, everything, you know, like, this is what I, this is what I've always wanted to do. I mean, literally, I didn't want to just draw some comic books, I wanted to draw Spider-Man. So, to get this opportunity and at a relatively, you know, early in my career, um, it's just been surreal and the responses, I mean everything, it's all been, it's, it's all been too difficult to really describe, it's, it's, it's like being stuck in a spider web and not being able to see what the spider web looks like, but in 10 years I think I'll look back at this time and be like, that was a crazy time, you know. Right now, it's just kind of—it's kind of just happening, and I'm just yeah. like, you're in the middle of it. Yeah. You can't even—it's you can't, you can't, hard to reflect when you're in the middle of it. Yeah, so that's. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, would you like to plug where we can get? You know, people can buy your artwork. We can put links into the podcast, so uh, you know, feel free to plug away. All right, uh, everything is Ryan RyanStegman.com, RyanStegman.DeviantArt.com, RyanStegman.Tumblr.com, Twitter.com/slash RyanStegman, or you can buy original art at CadenceComicArt.com. So, great. Thanks again, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This is Mark Ginocchio of Superior Spider Talk here at New York Comic Con in Artist Alley with uh, Marvel colorist Edgar Delgado. Edgar, of course, has provided the uh, color landscape for a number of Spider-Man comics over the years, including Amazing Spider-Man 700 and currently on Superior Spider-Man. Edgar, thank you so much for, for joining us. And, you know, I think would love to start the conversation off with uh, something a little more technical in terms of uh, if you could describe in today's comics the role of the colorist and, you know, kind of how that interacts with them, the people who are the inkers on the comics as well. Yeah, I think uh, a role in comic books, uh, personally, I think it's more like uh, the role inkers used to have in the old, in the old days, because uh, you, see, you see what the inkers used to do in the, in, uh, you know, Jack Kirby and guys, that the pencil used to work very fast and very rough, and inkers used to like uh, finish the whole thing. I mean, they, they were, they were, I mean, they, 
some of them still are. But in those days, those guys were like finishing the whole thing. So, uh, so nowadays, I think uh, with all the technology that's coming up, uh, the guys go to digitally, like like the colorists, uh, even some digital inkers are doing the same job. They're finishing the uh, finishing the job of the artist uh, to get it ready for print. In, uh, in you know, it's just amazing technical ways, you know. That's uh, that's that's my view of it, you know. Like it's very personal, but I think we're like the, the inkers of all, mm. just uh, yeah, with different tools. Could you talk a little bit about how you approach the uh, color landscape for the Spider-Man universe? Uh, you know, I'm assuming, obviously, with each comic book title you work on, there's a different philosophy. You're, you're looking to accentuate different things. What, what is it that's specific to Spider-Man when you, when you work on those titles? Well, for Spider-Man, uh, I have seen Spider-Man as this big soap opera. Mm. Uh, so I try to make it uh, you know, more uh, on the ground. When, when I work on another book like X-Men, it has more fantasy in it, it has more like, uh, like magic stuff, slow things. I, go, I tend to go very bright, I tend to go very spectacular with it. But, uh, or you know, something like Batman or Punisher, you can go more, uh, more for the mood, more for the darkness. But with Spider-Man it's a combination of both, because uh, uh, for me, it's like a big soap opera, so most of the time, every character is not in costume. I mean, the, the only guy in costume is Spider-Man. He has to the art for supporting characters, cast, that that's in Peter's life. So there's always uh, scenes where they're inside apartments, inside a daily bubble, uh, out in the street. And I try to keep it more... Uh, but every time, but once Spider-Man shows up, I go very bright because that's where the superhero comes up. So that, that's my approach, like, like, like to uh, make it down to earth. Right. Do you have to change your approach depending on who's doing the pencils? Obviously, like, Umberto Ramos has a very different style than Orion Stegman um, or, or Giuseppe Camacoli. I mean, they you seem to have their own personality when they do the pencils. Uh, does that factor into you providing the color? Yeah, a lot. I mean, I can, I can color how I... I can work how I color with uh, Umberto that when I do with Ryan because just, just because how different they are in terms of uh, style. Because, uh, you know, Umberto does a lot of... Uh, has all these angles on like, his art and a lot of black. Yeah. It's very detailed in the... Uh, background. Yes. So I, uh, I tend to uh, work on that. Okay, I have to separate the background from the characters a lot. And uh, with Ryan, Ryan's very loose. So uh, sometimes uh, with Ryan, I, I go more colorful because kind of like the art needs it, you know. Uh, and Giuseppe is, is really tight, you know, he's a bit better clean with the lines. Or even Camel. Oh, that's the same guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of Stefano Caselli also. Oh, that's yeah, right, yeah. Right. yeah. He's also very, uh, very clean. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the approach with him is more like uh, 
like shape, you know? Yeah. We can, uh, like, we can silhouettes and uh, like, keep it very clean also because I don't want to mess up with, with the beautiful stuff they did. Right. Um, just before we let you go, would love to hear about what some of your favorite projects that you've worked on in, in Spider-Man. I know, you know, obviously probably like your first project, but also uh, where does Amazing Spider-Man 700 resonate with you? Uh, what did that mean to you emotionally to be working on that? Well, that was, that was weird because I, I, was, I didn't know what we were going to do. And, uh, I knew it was a final issue. I didn't know finally. I knew it was a special issue because it was 700. I knew it was going to be a, a double size issue, something like that. But uh, I didn't know they were going to kill Peter uh, until I started getting the pages. You know? I got the pages and they said, you know what's going to happen? This is, and they're going to relaunch with Doc Ock as, as Spider Man. I was like, what? <laughs> Honestly, I got really scared. Oh, okay. Because I, I didn't know how the, 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 the people were gonna react. But uh, once I once I started working on the, the 700 and I finished it, uh, it was it was uh, special for me because I felt okay, this is this is something historic. Uh, they didn't feel uh, I liked the way Dan handled it because even though it was like a, a dead of Peter Parker and it was a a new a, a new beginning, they, they didn't go the, uh, the the dead of Superman way. That right. was all like this is not sorry, this is just a punching something. Right, right. Or uh, even a you know, matching target. Right, right. And just uh, felt gimmicky, you know. Uh, this was a real story. Yeah. And uh, Dan had this really, uh, well, was really focused on, on telling this story. Uh, and you can see it on, on Spirit Fireman. You can see that it's going somewhere, you know. It's not just uh, Doc Ock Spider-Man. Let's see what happens. No, right. Something is happening. Right. So, uh, so I'm, very, I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud to be uh, part of that uh, era. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man era. Um, Edgar, uh, where can we find more of your work online or, you know, Facebook, Twitter, or anything like that? Well, my Twitter is, uh, it's, uh, Zelda Duck, and you can follow me there, I, I just moved to where I am right now. Uh, you can search, uh, my, uh, my Facebook page, it's, uh, Facebook.com, uh, Zelda Duck Comics, no, sorry, Ultra.com, mm-hmm. I also call it a comic book, uh, uh Superpowers, mm-hmm. so you can, you can like that and, uh, and see all my updates. Uh, I, it's not just about the uh, also it's about the you know, you know, you know, Excellent. Well, Edgar, thank you so much again for joining us on Superior Spider Talk. Better man. <laughs> yeah, this is Mark Giannacchio here from Superior Spider Talk at New York Comic Con in Artist Alley with Michael Fialinas. Michael is uh, an up-and-coming artist. He's uh, worked with Darkness Comics on Amalia's Blade, uh, but now he's going to be joining the, the list of uh, prolific Spider-Man artists uh, with the Arms of Octopus uh, arc. Uh, he'll be doing the Superior Spider-Man special. That's the third and final chapter of that arc that's going to be coming out at the end of October. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. I guess you know the best place to start off is uh, you know as someone who's worked with you know a number of indie publishers. What was it like to get that call that you're working on Spider-Man? So you'd love to listen. I mean, that was a, that was a crazy moment. Uh, 
I sent like a couple of emails out looking for touching touching base with some editors, looking for a job. And the moment I finished, the, I was drawing the last page of uh, Mala's Blade. Uh, so sent me an email saying, "Are you ready to work for Marvel?" I was like, "Oh my God, really? He's joking." <laughs> so he's like, like "Come on, I'll send you these. I'll send you a couple of emails. This is a." I'll introduce you to Nick, and uh, you'll be working either Hulk, X-Men, or Spider-Man. I was like freaking out. Which one would it be? I was thinking, I could do X-Men. I think X-Men feels better for me. But when the email came and I actually had all three of these, I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to draw X-Men, Hulk, Hulk, Doc Ock, and Spider-Man. And then it's like, but Spider-Man's my issue, I'll be doing mainly Spider-Man. It's like, okay, okay. So I had a little bit of freak out. It was a bit of freak out moment. Well, I'm sure it's going to be just fine when we see it in a couple of weeks. I know we're, we're really all looking forward to it. I know this arc is getting a lot of attention. Um, now, I know you, you grew up in Greece. You still live in Greece. What, uh, what was your connection to Spider-Man as a kid? Uh, you know, how, how big is Spider-Man in Greece? And, and you know, what, what Spider-Man comics did you read growing up? Well, Spider-Man is... He has a big web. He <laughs> the whole of the world. Everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. Uh, we, we in Greece... Oh, basically, I'm also high Irish, so I grew up in uh, London at oh, some point, too. Okay. So, my connection to comics is a bit... Both international, I had Forbidden Planet in London. Uh, but in Greece, we had a weird editions. We had this first edition called the Cabanas Comics, and they would only print uh, Spider-Man stories, but in two colors. It would be magenta or orange and black. So any other any comic you would read normally, it would be in two colors there. That was it. But then they had the normal edition, like the one I gave you, which uh, my most comics. And uh, basically, the, the, the Spider-Man everyone grew up with in uh, Greece was McFarlane. Everyone read McFarlane. We had the, the famous uh, ser uh, series with uh, Wolverine, uh, Spider-Man and Wendigo. And uh, the fun thing was the, the way that things were translated. Wolverine wasn't called Wolverine. It was called Wolfie. His name was Wolfie. Like really cool. I don't know if I mentioned this to you but, uh, before. That, uh, again, with the translation, the one of the funniest translations is uh, the Spider-Man baddie Shocker. Okay. His name in Greek is Vibrator. <laughs> So we had this weird, like, was, everyone was like reading Greek comics and reading English comics and we just like laughed with the differences. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> the um, now you mentioned McFarlane, but you know, who are some of your artistic influences? Who do you, who do you draw inspiration from when you're, when you're creating comic books? Well, like mainly? Mainly, mainly generally. Mainly, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. Uh, I love anything Hellboy and BPRD. And because of that love, I became to be more familiar with Guy Davis' work. And then I read Marquis, and Guy Davis is just the best guy. And his style really, really helped me out. Because um, in an industry like this, sometimes you have to make some choices when choosing details just getting the message across and Guy has this great style of actually just scribbling things and you create the effect that you need. 
So when I spoke to Guy when I was well, a student, 22, no, around 22 years old, he actually said, just just scribble things and the form will come. Because we do all these Victorian buildings and the intricate uh, frames. And it was just scribbles. I mean, I, w- I would used to just sit there and draw all these little circles and leaves and everything. Oh, you started out on the frames. So he has a big influence on me. Guy Davis is a very big influence. And after that, it's just mostly European and manga. So I'll go to uh, Katsuhiro Tomo, Akira. We love Akira. So Akira, Guy Davis, and then I go Moebius from uh, France. So it would be like a, I have a mixed bag. I have few, uh, American, European, and Japanese influences. Now we, we hear a lot, you know, people who follow the comic book industry about the whole Marvel style between the, you know, with collaboration with uh, writer and artist. Uh, for you, uh, how was the collaboration on the Superior Spider-Man special uh, different than maybe what you've done in the past with, with Dark Horse and some of the other publications? Well, I was expecting uh, I was expecting it to be a little bit more strict because of what you said, the uh, Marvel way, the Marvel style and everything, and the mainstream, everything has to be nice and shiny, but uh, they pretty much let me and Chris and Jake do what we do, because that's why they came to us, they wanted the independent feel, feel to the comic, and I suppose that's why they contacted Mike Foster, because his uh, work is more independent, so it was basically like a grab, a grab of independent artists and put them on a mainstream title to play around with. So it was like a testing ground, I think. Yeah. And again, we're, we're all looking forward to, to reading this comic book in, in a couple of weeks. Uh, Michael, before we let you go, and again, we, we do apologize. You can read about this on my blog. I had some technical difficulties with Michael the first day we tried to record this. So, uh, so uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the second one sounds better. Uh, but before we go, Michael, so it's loud and clear. Where can we find more of your work? You know, just plug away, Facebook, Twitter, websites, anything you want to, uh, to you know, get the word out about your artwork. Well, like I said, you can find my main, the main connection, the, main, the, the, the castle that has everything that's me in is uh, woodencrown.com. From there you could find all the branch outs, Twitter, Tumblr, and blah, blah, blah. Right now, my series of Mother's Plays out in Dark Horse. Last week, the new volume of Spera from Archaia came out, which I uh, do the first story. Um, I've done some covers with Adventure Time, regular show, Everything I Love, Turtles, Everything I Love. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a very good year that I'm actually working on everything that I would geek out about. <laughs> Turtles, Adventure Time, and Spider-Man. That's a big trio there. Um, so if you want to read more, catch Spider-Man. In January coming, you can get trades on the Spider-Man, the, the, the Arms of the Octopus, and the Mars Blade. Excellent. Well, Michael, really thank you again for doing this, and uh, you know, obviously enjoy the rest of your stay here in New York and New York Comic Con. Yes, yes. This is Mark Giannacchio from Superior Spider Talk here with Steven Segovia. Steven, of course, is currently illustrating the Superior Carnage mini-series, uh, which has uh, been a lot of fun, actually. I, I, uh, I've talked about it a lot on my blog, Chasing Amazing. But, uh, Steven, I wanted to actually start the interview off with we, uh, on this podcast, interviewed Mark Bagley uh, a couple months ago, who, of course, is the, the artistic creator of Carnage. And something that we thought was really interesting was he said he actually hated drawing Carnage. He said he's really difficult with all the 
the, the blacks and, and, and the lines and whatnot. Um, and he kind of like, he, was, he almost seemed to regret the creation. Uh, what has been your experience in drawing Carnage? What it, how, has he, have you found him just as difficult or uh, have you, are you okay with all the, uh, the character detail? Well, for me, it's pretty much easy because yeah, you don't have to perfect the anatomy, you know. Carnage is monster like anatomy. Uh, the only difficult is the symbiote. Mm. You always play around the symbiote. Unlike Venom, he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have to be that crazy or something. Uh, the black is kind of okay. Uh, almost difficult because of the, for example, you go and play around the lighting. Uh, there's only the symbiote, so you have to put so many flies in there. But for me, it's pretty much okay. You know? It's not that hard. It's not hard as Galactus. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, who, who are some of your, your artistic influences uh, in, in, in for, for comic books? Oh, uh, for comic books, uh, usually influence Travis Charain, mm -hmm. uh, Lionel Francisi, uh, Mike Guadado, Jim Lee, uh, some uh, Filipino artists like Alfredo Alcala. Um, now, you know, Carnage is like such a, I think, a cult hit character. Um, did you read the, the, the early Carnage books when, when, when you were younger? I mean, are, are you trying to incorporate any of the, you know, I guess your predecessors on the character into what you're doing now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I have a trade paperback of uh, Carnage, the first, uh, his first appearance. So I think that was drawn by uh, Eric Larson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, Larson, I think, might have done... Larson and Bagley, I think. Both. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably both of them. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a different art style. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, uh, I still have that book. Mm -hmm. So, uh, never thought I'm going to draw Carnage in the future. So, yeah, right. that's, pretty, that's pretty much my... Uh, my uh, influence right. when it comes to that. Book. Now, also in this book, you've had an opportunity to draw some like very classic Silver Age characters, yeah. like the Wizard and Claw. Mm -hmm. I mean, how has that been? I mean, were these characters you were familiar with prior to the series? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, actually, uh, when I was a kid, I have uh, trading cards, mm -hmm. and then, uh, I have some villain cards like Claws and Wizard. And then I'm actually familiar with it, although the designs are way different than the, than this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm actually familiar with them. And of course, the other the other big thing with uh, Superior Carnage is he's now superior. He has a different design. So what yeah. what went into uh, the new design? What was uh, I guess kind of the the look that you were you were trying to go for? Yeah, my uh, writer told me the concept. It's supposed to be like gross writerish. Uh, you know, uh, not easy to predict, you know, mm -hmm. not unlike the original kind of design where, you know, once you see him, he will kill you. Right. So I did a couple of designs, like I did four designs before we get the final one. So uh, what I'm trying to incorporate is uh, a diver look, kind of like that, with a, with a cloak thingy, so... And this time, Carnage uh, is way different than the original because he can actually hide some weapons under his symbiote. Mm -hmm. If you notice that he can actually uh, throw grenades right. under his sleeves, you know, something like that. So, uh, that's why call, they call him Superior Carnage. Yes, <laughs> definitely superior. Definitely superior. <laughs> um, before we let you go, Stephen, uh, we can uh, plug some of your links to other where we can find your work. Where, where can we find uh, more of your work? Buy it. Uh, feel free to plug away. Uh, I usually posted some of my art stuff on DeviantArt, so uh, my DeviantArt is sdcgaudia.deviantart.com or on my Facebook, stephencgaudia, uh, slash facebook.com, so that's usually I posted some of my work. Excellent. Well, thanks again, Stephen, for joining us on Superior Spider Talk.
Hey, this is Mark Giannacchio, and uh, joined over the computer with... Dan Gavazdin. That's great, Jen. Dan. We're continuing with our New York Comic Con uh, podcast. We're actually here with uh, Superior Spider-Man inker John Livesey. Did I, did I get that right, or did I already forget it? No, it sounded good. Okay, thank you, uh, John. We we I briefly talked to John at New York Comic Con a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we were unable to get him on the on the program while we were at the Javits Center, but we're getting him on now, which is great. Um, thanks again for joining us, John. John, I just wanted to to start things off by asking you about um, your most recent assignment on that uh, that three part twenty ninety nine arc on Superior Spider Man. That that was your first uh, ink job on Superior, right? Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, so, I mean, how, how, how was it to come in on the title? I mean, it was obviously, you know, we, we just recently read Superior 19. It was a pretty uh, landmark issue in terms of things <laughs> happening. Um, so, so how was it to kind of jump on the title at, at, during such a, such a critical point? It's a controversial title to start off with. So uh, to get in on a story like that must be pretty, pretty fun for you, right? Yeah, no, it was um, it was very cool when I got the, the note uh, asking if I could do it. So, uh Amazing Spidey was always my favorite title, and it was always like my goal. Just if I could get any sort of decent amount of issues under my belt, that would have been like my one of my highlights of uh, working in comics. So technically, I kind of did since this took over it. So it was um, it was awesome, and I got to do a good amount of the main characters. Like I did a couple panels with Jonah, and even Liz Allen and Normie. So and there was I think two panels with Robbie. So and it, it was it was cool. Definitely just to get to do like a lot of the main characters. And and John, I mean just just to kind of as a reference point, I mean in this like changing landscape of of how comics are made. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we we talked at Comic Con with Edgar Delgado, who's you know the colorist on on Spider Man. Now where you know kind of talk to talk us through where the anchor versus where the colorist comes in in the artistic process. Um well I mean nowadays and probably like the last probably decade or fifteen years, colorists, you know, have been the people that were make a break a comic. You know, just how awesome it'll look or just how generic it'll look. So now since with the computers and everything we can do just phenomenal stuff with coloring. So with the inking, now, you know, since Image started now, it's more about rendering and textures and really separating everything, making sure just you don't, you're not using the same line weights or the same hatching, say, on skin next to metal or fur or concrete or any sort of thing just to really separate everything. So I thought I'd try to do as much as I possibly could with Ryan, and he was great. He just told me to do whatever I want to do. So it's, um, it's nice that I get most of the time when I work with, I've worked with a lot, a lot of pencilers and they usually give me carte blanche to do whatever texturing I, uh, see fit. And I actually broke out, uh, the zip to use on a handful of uh, Ryan's pages. So, um, I don't even know if anyone even still has that stuff anymore. So luckily I've got, um, two huge stacks of it left. So. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Um, I've always been curious about, like, you know, a, an inker's job. You know, it, it can be often hard to differentiate, you know, what mm-hmm. what is an inker's work and what is the penciler's work. What, where do you draw that line when you're maybe explaining it to some simpleton like myself? Um, you know, I, I'm trying to – I teach a class in, in graphic novels and I'm trying to impress on my students, 
you know, mm-hmm. the difference. And, and I even find trouble sometimes just defining it for them. Like, how, how much control do you have over that final image? Like, where do you draw that line? Well, basically, you have final control because you're, you're going over every pencil molecule that they've put down, basically. And what you're seeing is the final thing, like how I've done it. I mean, some some guys are too heavy handed and will start changing everything. So it wouldn't look like the original pencil or his vision. But if you can stay true to that mode where, you know, from what the pencil put down and it's still like 80 to 90% of what they originally did and just a smidge of what you can throw in. Cause obviously every inker is going to look different. It just, they just, well, I mean, it's almost impossible to copy exactly what someone else would do. So there will be, you know, little differences here and there, but it's your job just to make it, you got to clean it up and, you know, just make it look as clear as possible for the printing and make sure all the textures separate and just handle all the depth, you know, make sure stuff looks like it's in the foreground or background and stuff pops, you know, there's just a, the same weight on everything. So, um, when I was talking to Ron friends about his work on the title, mm-hmm. you know, he, uh, you know, one of the things that defined his early Peter Parker on the book, he was, he was very thin in the face. And I asked him about that and he said, actually, that wasn't his work. He drew a more rounded, uh, face and the inker slimmed him down. Uh, mm-hmm. can you, do you, can when you like, you look back at your work, can you identify like what it is? that's like directly your contribution, like what you do to the images that might change it. Like, can you identify your style of inking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I. I mean, I can definitely pick out. It's been pretty. It's been pretty rare. If somebody brought something up to me, like if I've only helped out on a few pages of an issue, and I really have to, like, oh, I didn't work on this, and they'll they'll show me my names in the credit, and I'll just have to really look, like, oh yeah, I did that page. But yeah, usually, I have a good memory, so I mean, I could just almost remember like every page I've done. Like I can spot it out in a second. So like I could definitely tell the sort of hatching. I just usually do or the kind of like textures I would do for uh brick or uh fur so is is that what how you would uh, differentiate your style like do you have a certain description you would give someone mm, no just I, I just uh my stuff I usually like to be like super super clean with my inking so um as much as I've tried I don't even know if messy is the right term but I've tried and I just can't do messy inking, which, and there's some guys that do it really cool. And it's, it's, it bums me out that I just cannot do it. Like my stuff's always like too uber clean, but I guess it works. So. Cool. So, so who are some of your, your, your broader artistic influences in terms of, uh, you know, the comic book medium? Um, well, I just, yeah, for inking, you know, obviously Scott Williams, uh, you know, he's like, the master of all that stuff. So yeah, I would say basically, you know, Scott and Klaus Jansen, you know, I like that. I liked it. I was for a while, I was trying to do like a, an in-between of both of them where Scott was so ridiculously thin and slick and Klaus was kind of like a little chunky here and there, but just all those, wherever he put the chunk in his line work, it just, it just worked and it looked awesome. And it was, there wasn't too many other guys that could really handle that. So he was always great doing finishes, but I liked, I like a lot of the guys, you know, just, uh, I was roommates with Joe Weems, uh, another anchor. Uh, I was roommates for him for like 12 years and he, he's probably one of the, he is probably one of the best guys. Like if he took Scott out of the equation, um, he's probably one of the best guys right now. So, and just 
you know, living with him and just seeing, you know, I absorbed so much stuff quickly. It was like just even better than, you know, going to art school or, you know, having to just one before I moved in with him, just sitting there looking at comics, like, all right, I see how this line, you know, this is, what ha-, you know, so it was, it was so much quicker. And, uh, our place, we had a bunch of extra art tables. So when we were working at top Cow, all the guys would come over and hang out at our place and work all the time. So it had bat over there all the time. And his stuff is phenomenal. So I just watch him do hatching and boom, I tried doing it or just like, Hey, let's do this. You want to try this? And, you know, we'd have everyone over there from Finch to Joe Benitez and Mike Turner, just everyone staying over there for a couple of days at a time. So it was a very quick learning process. You could absorb everything right away. Sounds like a fun place to be. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. We had, um, lots and lots of, uh, sleepless nights because the deadlines back then were insane. So, you know, we had extra bedrooms and extra art tables and couches. So people would just stay at our house for a couple of days or like a week. And, you know, we just bang out a whole issue in a week. And it was, it was ridiculous how many pages we did each year between Joe and I. Um, I'm curious about what the workflow is like in the Spider-Man office. I don't know how much you can talk about that, but like, what is the I, process honestly, like? I wouldn't know. I have no idea. What about for I, your your end? Like, how do they come to you? I I just got an email asking me if I could uh, start those issues, and I I said yes, and then I started doing them. So that was basically it. Like, I really didn't have any other communication about any of the other stuff. You know, I just I got the pages, and I. Uh, Talked to Stegman on the phone uh, a handful of times. So, yeah, you know, just talked about that, and that was really it. You know, I got the pages, and once in a great while, I actually had, like, one question, like, hey, what do you think about this? Or, you know, so other than that, it was super smooth. I mean, we just we did them, we got them done. Are you uh, <laughs> going to be on the book coming up? Uh, no, not right now. I did these three, and uh, I have I don't know what's coming up i mean maybe i will be but i i don't know yet so um that'd be cool i mean i i really had a it was really fun doing it you know i even got to do the hobgoblin like that one panel um yeah i think it was page 17 and issue 18 like i think that might have been my favorite panel out of all three issues and i spent forever rendering out the chain mail and all that stuff but it was that one was really cool so and um it was nice to get all the ridiculous amount of compliments on those two issues that I had out when we were at the New York show. No, definitely. Um, you know, you, you mentioned at the beginning that you're obviously, you know, like a long, long-term dream of yours was to, to work on this character on this title. Um, mm-hmm. so I guess it's a two part question. First of all, are there, besides the, you know, Ryan, who you've obviously worked with, are, are there pencilers from, uh, Spider-Man past that you would, would have loved, you know, loved to work with or have worked with. And also what are some of your favorite, um, Spider-Man, uh, either from a sheer art perspective or just, you know, even storyline wise with some of your favorite, um, you know, issues or tight, you know, runs or whatever. Well, um, I'm really good friends with Pat Olaf. So I've gotten to do a number of Spidey things with him. And, um, I got to do, and I always loved Ron friends when I was a kid, when he was doing, you know, what Spidey, like around like issue 251, and then he was doing those really early Marvel team up issues. And you know, he really could mimic that Ditko style with the super skinny Spider Man and like hit the web lines he did in the costume were 
who were just awesome. So, and I got to do two issues of Spider Girl Overrun, which was one of the cooler things I got to do at the time. And I've got to hang out with him a number of times and have him constantly tease me, which I, I didn't even care because he, he's such a fun guy. And it was just the coolest thing to get to work over him. So, and like even issue 251 were, uh, you know, the final Hobgoblin issue where uh, Klaus got to ink him. And it's probably my favorite Spider-Man issue, just the energy alone and just like the quickness of like the inking on it was just, it's, it's probably my favorite one of my favorite Spider-Man issues. Um, I loved all those old guys. Kerry Gamble would be another guy I loved when he did like Marvel team up. And, um, he did a handful of like short Captain America stories, but he's another guy. So I'd love to get a commission. I know he's going to be at the long beach show next month. I'm going to be there too. So I'm really considering seeing if I can get one from him, but I love all the old guys. I mean, Keith Pollard, uh, I don't even know if I could find one that I didn't like because I was so consumed with all those issues. You know, I definitely I loved all those guys, especially when John Byrne was doing Marvel team up like around those issues, the 60s, yeah. like 68 with Tigra and all that stuff. Like it was it was so good back then. It was crazy. The Claremont Byrne run on team up is so good. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And even that dumb issue with Saturday Night Live. I mean, <laughs> it still worked, but it was like, I don't know. But yeah, all like the man thing issue. Yeah, I love the Captain uh, Britain two parter. And I yeah, the two part Captain Britain were awesome. I used to lo- I, I still really like that costume a lot. Um, yeah. But yeah, all those old guys. I mean, I love all the Ditko stuff. And I think two of my other favorite issues were Amazing One Twenty and One Nineteen with uh, when Gil Kane was penciling and when Romina would ink him, it was just like flawless. They did. I'm I'm really particular about spider-man's eyes like if they're not done a certain way like it ruins pretty much the whole look for me but though i think those two i don't know just the combo those two guys like they they did some of the better eyes but those that two issues with the hulk they're awesome yeah. just completely <laughs> awesome so so if you're so particular with the eyes were you a little squeamish or superior given how different the look is especially yeah, it's not the same costume so yeah. it, it wasn't a big deal um i don't no, i I did like it. It just it's a, it's completely different person and different costume, so you couldn't even compare it. No, no, I I, I, I was just kind of ribbing you a little bit. <laughs> um, Dan, Dan, you got anything else to throw towards John here? No, but just um, I, I'm I'm loving hearing about it, and we hope that you uh, come back on the book sometime soon. Yeah, that that would be cool. Um, yeah, it was nice. Like I said, I've rarely gotten to do any spidey stuff the only kind of like big spider-man thing i got to do i did a lithograph for home shopping network um, <laughs> you know it was right it was now it was in 2002 on halloween i got to go on the program for a handful of the segments and talk about it so do you have uh, any, uh, that, hmm? oh sorry sorry keep talking <laughs> no i actually i did that lithograph with pat olaf and ron friends so it was oh, uh wow. if you get a chance to find it it's i see I see them pop up on eBay once in a blue moon. It was a uh, we basically just did a it for issue fourteen with the first Green Goblin appearance. So it was just that whole scene where they're in the cave, and you know we even had the Goblin on the old broomstick glider, you know. So it was very true to everything. So um, and it was nice because I actually I got to lay that out, and uh, Pat worked his magic and made it work. But it was like slightly based off of a little layout I did. <laughs> 
Do you have any uh, inking horror stories? Like, I'm always interested, like, behind the scenes, what could possibly go wrong? Um, I think it's more or less just if there's, you know, speed and time issues where, you know, if, if a writer eats up all the time or a penciler just, you know, it takes a longer time to finish, it's usually dumped on us and the colors to get it done immediately. Um, I've had a couple FedEx problems. Uh, I did a, I did part of an uncanny X-Men issue over, uh, Lenial Francis U and, um, customs held the box for like five days and it ate up all the deadlines. So by the time I got it, I did the five pages in one day and it was, a, <laughs> it was just a nightmare. But then they were considering me to be the regular guy, regular, maybe anchor for him for, some other projects and those are the pages they decide to send him to evaluate me. And I, I don't know. I thought it was a smidge unfair cause I, you know, I couldn't do anything about it. What is the typical amount of time that you have? Like for this, let's say these three issues, how many mm-hmm. pages do you have to like, you know, put out in what amount of time? Um, it wasn't too bad. I mean, it was like a, one a day or, you know, it, it wasn't bad at all. So I got to really, go in there and really spend a lot of time on like, you know, rendering out stuff or just doing whatever I could on it. So it wasn't really rushed at all. It was nice. Did you, did you have any interaction with Dan Slack? Cause I remember when I talked with Ryan segment and Roberto Ramos, I mean, they both kind of described him as like the mad genius from afar. <laughs> what was your, what did you have any of that kind of uh, experience well, man, with him? I emailed him just, I, just a few times to say, hey, you know, he basically was just emailing me, telling me how much he liked the inking on it. And I was like, just tell him thanks. And, you know, it seemed like, you know, I just told him the story was cool. Um, I did meet him in person. Oh, it was a few years ago at San Diego, just like a quick, hey, how's it going? Um, I thought we might have bumped into each other at the New York show the other weekend, but he had told me he had some sort of crazy schedule with panels and interviews. So I really didn't feel like bugging him. So yeah. uh, maybe maybe some other time. Yeah, I believe his exact words to me were, "I don't have time to pee or eat." So, <laughs> so. but no, yeah, he's, he's he was very he was very nice about uh, whenever I turn in stuff. He's very complimentary about everything. Yeah, he strikes me as being very supportive. I mean, just just a few times I've seen him in public at panels and stuff. He seems very supportive of the team. Yeah, you know, he's it, this. And I I had no idea if that title was you know would have worked out so but um i finally eventually got the rest of the issues so i got to read them all but yeah it's it's pretty cool so um yeah i'll be curious to see you know how it is like this whole next year i mean they're gonna they'll put out it's coming out twice a week so it's a lot of issues we can get in a year yeah well well john do you have um any way we can follow you online or get more or buy your work or anything we, you can plug away here we can put links in to the uh, podcast here we can maybe even find that that home shopping channel piece and, and link to that we, i think we should get on i there. i don't believe it's up anywhere I, I really don't. <laughs> um that was so long ago i think yeah i think it was halloween of 2002 it was a very long time ago um there's a handful of pages still left from those three issues um, there's a, there's a couple good ones with 2099 on them. There's some nice shots. Yeah. I've been I, eyeing them myself. Yeah. Well, you would know the link as well. It's, um, cadence comic art. Yep. Yeah. Dot com. 
So, uh, yeah, Ryan, and they're pretty reasonably priced. I don't think they're, you know, we worked out a good thing, so they're not, they're not out of reach of, you know, people that might want to start getting like nice Spidey pages. And the only other thing I have, I'm on Twitter. I don't really do a lot with it, but I, I do say something here and there. Um, what is my handle? One John Levisay, I think. <laughs> so, well, that's, um, that makes you more active than Mark Bagley, though. So there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. I don't have Facebook or I, I don't have anything else. So You're officially one Twitter handle more active than Mark Bagley. I would say, I believe Mark Bagley said he has, his daughters run his Facebook page. So, <laughs> And even that I don't think is true. Yeah. <laughs> more than I do because I, I don't even have one. But um, my other I – I helped out on that Marvel – what now issue that came out today right oh yeah yeah we did um pat olaf and i did the little doc ox story that's in there cool and then the other book i'm doing which is we're it's coming out in a couple months um it's called the illegitimates with uh taron killam from saturday night live who's putting that book out idw okay um we're way ahead, so it's going to start coming out in December, and I am starting issue four, and that doesn't even come out till March, so we're uh, we're way ahead. So you guys should definitely uh, check it out. I heard Taryn gave a awesome performance at the New York show with his uh, panel for it. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us on the show. We'll be sure to check those books out and um, and possibly follow you on Twitter. Yes, I'm sure it'll be blowing up today. <laughs> no thanks again john and, and i'm glad we were able to, to connect with this uh a little bit after the fact yeah no uh, thank you guys spider-man and his amazing friend those were some awesome interviews, Mark. I'm truly jealous uh, of you that you were able to go there and meet all those awesome people. Yeah, I mean, it was chaotic. Apparently, it was the biggest Comic-Con uh, ever in New York in terms of ma- masses of people. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of fortunate that I was able to grab these people for the few minutes that we got them for. Great. Well, if you guys have any opinions on these podcasts or interviews or anything that we've done or questions for us to answer, of course, you can always email them to us at superiorspidertalk at gmail.com, and we'll address and read them on the air. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash superiorspidertalk because it's really a great place to keep up with us in between shows as we often put up articles that we've written and other breaking news about the Spider-Man universe. So, Mark, where can we find more of your work online? Well, you can find me at Chasing Amazing, which is www.chasingamazingblog.com. Follow me on Twitter at ChasingASMblog, Facebook at facebook.com slash chasingamazing. Uh, and then I have my regular gimmick or good column at Comics Should Be Good. Awesome, Mark. Well, we'll be sure to check them out. And, of course, you can check me out. At, at Dan Gavazdan on Twitter, or you can go to my website, dangavazdan.com, or my movie review site at grindmyreels.com. So, Mark, you know, I uh, was in the supermarket the other day, and this guy came up to me, and he said that he knew you. Oh, you know who that was? Was was he kind of, uh, he was an older gentleman, right? Gray hair? Yeah, he was a little portly, but I like, mean- you know, but seemed like, you know, he had a hard life. You know, he's kind of working hard for his family. Yeah, and I bet I bet he was talking about if if 
mom kept feeding me wheat cakes, he wouldn't be able to wrestle me anymore? Yeah, I actually met him in the wheat cakes aisle. Oh, that's good, because that would be my Uncle Ben, who would be reminding you, with great podcasts, must also come. Superior Aspire to Talk.